Welcome to the Passport season of the New Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and it brings me so much joy getting to share this bonus episode with you. I figured since I've never been to South Africa that it'd be great to explore the country more in a conversation. Once that idea populated my mind, it was a no-brainer to call my friend Sunlin, one of the best humans that I know. Sunlin is a songwriter, performer, producer, and composer from Cape Town, who's somehow more of a New Yorker than I am. We met each other nearly five years ago, and one of the joys of being her friend over that time has been having a front row seat to her constant desire to innovate and transform. There's people who do that, yes, people who strive to reinvent themselves. But the thing with Suleen is that each form of reinvention is a step towards understanding herself better, and there's this unwavering authenticity to that. Musically and lyrically, she doesn't mind sharing how messy life can be. And it's no surprise, but yeah, I deeply love the artists who are able to do that. The artists who use many colors to paint vividly complicated portraits that harken to how we as human beings are fucking weird. As mentioned before, Suleen's origins trace back to South Africa, and this bonus episode is about her early years there, along with how those years still impact her today. It's also a simple chat with two friends catching up, and yeah, I hope this one makes your day better. Be sure to subscribe on the app you're listening to this on, and to also rate and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Those ratings help us independent creatives in a big way, so if you like what you hear, do let me know about it. Also, if you haven't already heard it yet, be sure to check out the radio episode that we released about South Africa. Each episode this season will have a corresponding radio episode filled with artists from that country. And not to brag, but the South African playlist is fucking sick. This is The New Exchange with my friend Suleen. Enjoy. So, you know, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but uh, when you're here in New York, what are um, some things you miss about South Africa the most? Like, specifically, like, you know, the vibes? Uh, specifically the vibes. I miss the vibes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I miss the people a lot. Um, South Africans in general are, like, really friendly and really fun, and there's just, like, this different atmosphere. And um, New Yorkers are, like, friendly and fun in their own way as well, but also very intense. Um, So I definitely miss that kind of, like, openness from home. Um, Just, like, you know, like, you park your car and you see someone you know and you have a chat and then you go get some coffee. And it's just a different kind of more easygoing vibe um, than New York City, but that is the case for most places in the world. And I miss the beauty of home a lot. You know, when I moved away and consequently after that was touring and seeing a lot more of the world I was like damn I really did grow up in like one of the most beautiful places in the world in Cape Town so I definitely miss that a lot um being in like concrete jungle now you know I miss the mountains and the beaches one of the other uh guests I have on this episode with you is this band called Honeymoon they're from Cape Town and they live in London now well some of them live in London Mm -hmm. and they were saying the exact same thing about like how they didn't realize how unique the geography of South Africa was until they left. Yeah, it's really crazy. And like now I feel like Cape Town is popping up a little bit more in pop culture. 
like I think we've talked about it, but that San Junipero episode in Black Mirror. Um, do you watch Black Mirror? Yeah. Yeah. So it's the one where they like the two ladies fall in love and they're like in heaven, basically was the that, like eighties themed. Was one. that mostly filmed in South Africa? Yeah, it was filmed in uh, a lot of it was filmed in Camps Bay, Cape Town, which is oh. the town where I grew up. So I'm like watching the episode. I'm like, dude, there's my high school in the background. <laughs> I remember like pausing it with the person I was watching it with and was like, that's my high school. And I was like, okay, this like just like brings it back home that it's like literally a place that's depicted as heaven on earth is filmed in my hometown then you realize like it really is that beautiful and that special you know yeah quite a few um episodes from that season of black mirror were filmed in cape town um are there any like specific like foods or drinks or like treats you miss when you're there yeah it's funny because i miss the like really basic (laughs) food like Base like my version of like a Ritz cracker, you know, which is like they're called salty cracks. And like yeah. uh, in the morning, we usually have tea, and with the tea, we have rusks. And like, I guess the closest thing might be like biscotti that you guys know, but it's uh, it's like softer and a lot better. And it's just like a normal <laughs> staple thing in South Africa. Like your grandma always has like a tray of rusks that she's just made. So it's like I miss those really basic things, and like a bunch of space in my suitcase is always dedicated to like. Just in, like, my version of, like, the energy bars that I like and, like, yeah, so it's, like, all the little snacky things and I'm always looking on Amazon seeing if I can, like, find those things. So basically a bunch of stuff that you've never shared with me in our years worth of friendship because I guess I'm not worthy enough oh, to like, have stuff. Well, that's a trips. big deal if I'm, like, <laughs> on my energy bar. <laughs> I'll remember now and I'll bring you some next time. I'll have to bring you some rusks. Everyone uh, likes those. The Americans are always very excited about those. Okay, I'm going to hold you to it. Um, if I'm remembering this right, you started playing music at a young age and then eventually started playing the guitar because I think it was piano first, right? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm sure it's changed a fair bit, but going back in time, when a young Celine had a guitar, right, and she thought to herself, like, I want to start playing shows, how did that actually come about logistically? Like, how did you get about, like, what were the first types of places you played in? Because I actually don't think I know. Like, were there bars or, like, parties or anything like that? Yeah, so it started, I was in high school, I think I was in like 10th grade, and I like played in a band in school, and we would play um, some venues around town, or maybe this was before the band started gigging, because when I think back to like the first time that I really started gigging, I do remember like how nervous I was, because it was 10th grade and I tried out for this all-female singer-songwriter showcase called Like Honey that ran for years in Cape Town, thinking like, I'll just do the audition as like a life experience and I'm probably not going to get in because I'm like so young, you know? Yeah. And then I did get in. So I went from never gigging to gigging like every Sunday night for like two months at a time oh, sure. and was just so nervous. And I think right around then the band that I was in started playing shows as well because it was like all of a sudden in high school like lots of gigging happening yeah. um so yeah i definitely i feel like i was just like thrown into the deep end and that that one like honey was at a place called ob's cafe and i like still have the poster from like the first round of shows that i did i like have it sitting in my storage because it was such a like big moment for me yeah. um so that was like a bar slash venue and it was again like a really special experience i realize now like years later you know because like the shows were always sold out and like everyone was sitting and attentively listening and like it was really beautiful 
Oh. Yeah, oh my god. Did you feel like over the course of that time you figured out a sense of community? Because I imagine it must have been really trippy. I almost think because we were talking about like art school stuff, like mm-hmm. how you're doing fashion stuff now. I remember when I was in art school, I was baffled at the idea that there were other people who were, were do who wanted to do similar shit than me. Yeah. Where when I grew up, I it felt rare to come across people who like the same stuff as me. Like when you were playing those early shows, were you kind of shocked by being around fellow musicians? Like. Uh... Yeah, definitely, and like also that it was an all female showcase was like just another really wonderful thing that. Um, I don't think I realized like exactly how special that was until way later. But to be around so many women who were just like doing the thing and writing songs and like love playing guitar was so cool for me, especially being I got really lucky. Like even when I was learning guitar, I had a female guitar instructor who was like the most badass player and still is one of the most badass guitarists I know. And so like, you know, those things really made an impression on me. Um, And the sense of community was really strong and like I think it made me not scared to go into music because I was just like oh like lots of women do this too which is not the case you know (laughs) but when you are surrounded by that in the beginning when you're younger you think okay well this is like cool this is normal you know what was I I imagine I can guess but what was like the because let's be I I could attest this as someone who went to American school like you know uh, middle school high school primary school all that like, when we're in high school, we learn about South Africa. I think we learn about Nelson Mandela for maybe half a day. And oh, that's so awful. Yeah, and then we never talk about South Africa again. So oh I bring that up to ask when you were in music school here in the States. What was, like, probably the stupidest question you got asked about South Africa? Do you remember? Um, well, luckily, Berkeley was, like, pretty international. Like, there was a big percentage of international students, which was really comforting. But, um... <laughs> I don't know if I got any like really, really dumb questions. It was more like when I was younger and I was like in more like the burbs and stuff where people really didn't learn a lot about, you know, the rest of the world. It was like innocent questions. Most of the time people just don't know. But like, is it hot? Is it hot there? (laughs) Um, People honestly do get confused sometimes. Like they're like, you're from South Africa, but like you sound kind of American and you're white. (laughs) You know, they're all white people in South Africa, right? God, it's like they didn't watch. Did you ever hear that film, The Color of Friendship? I swear I'm not yeah, trying to speak yeah. of race stuff. But I just, I just I can't. Watch it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I and I think a lot of people are scared to actually ask questions because they know so little about it. But like, the I guess I don't know if I, ironic's the right word, but the irony of it is like I would love to share more about my experience with South Africa, and I feel that a lot of people sidestep it just because they don't know a lot about it you know and they're afraid of sounding stupid and i'm like i really do welcome any questions you have and like one i get a lot these days is like what language do you speak like what is the language in south africa and then i'm like oh there are 11 national languages and like and i think you do speak afrikaans yeah yeah, which you've never done around me no i don't think you have yeah would that make you nervous to speak Afrikaans? Yeah. A little bit. I mean, kind of biki prat. <laughs> I was like, just put you on the spot. Was yeah, that there, I, there? Huh? Oh, was that there at the end there? Yeah, yeah. Oh. What did you say? I said I can speak a little bit of it. Oh, okay. Kind of biki Afrikaans brought for you. <laughs> oh, hey, that's sweet. That, yeah, that. I just like, it's starting to go away because, you know, it's only once a year that I really speak it. Yeah. But I still am fluent and can understand everything completely. And... So you would speak it like amongst your mom and like your family when you're home? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, my tendency now is still to answer in English. Um, 
but I try to slip back into Afrikaans, you know, but then yeah. I'll like forget words and stuff. But yeah, my whole family speaks Afrikaans. I know it's like such a silly sentimental question, but I think it kind of fits in the context of you having been here in New York for so long. But I imagine there have been times with living here, you've been like walking out about in the street and you've heard some, you've overheard someone speaking Afrikaans in the street. Dude, I haven't really come across that. Never? It's never happened? I don't think I've ever heard someone speaking Afrikaans here, no. I was going to say. I've met people from South Africa who are like on holiday here, you know, but no, I haven't. I was, because I was going to ask you what that would have felt like, shit. Would feel amazing. I mean, (laughs) even now, like when I catch up with my South African buddies, they all live in LA and I speak to them while sometimes like throw in, because in South Africa, there's a lot of slang that happens across the different languages. And so there'll just be like little things that get thrown in and it like is so heartwarming. It's like, oh, I haven't heard that phrase in so long, you know. When we were like catching up uh, recently, you brought up your mate Adrian. He said he's in a band called Diamond Thug, right? Yeah. 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 Was he someone you came up with in terms of playing music or is he someone that left? Yeah, he was like, we were in a band together in high school. We played in a bunch of different things together. Um, it's also my ex-boyfriend, so we dated for a while until Ooh. I went to Berkeley. Yeah, um, but we, we've been friends since, I want to say it was like third or fourth grade or something. Wow. Yeah. Um, and our, like we had separate bands that gig together, so it was wild. Like I went to South by Southwest, it must have been 2017 or something. I can't really remember, a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Diamond Thug was there playing and I was there playing guitar for pronoun so that was crazy to see like south african homies in austin you know <laughs> oh my god I was like, like hell yeah it was possible, so inspiring really. i was like you guys came all the way out here to play south by southwest that's so badass oh my god yeah so sick um this is like i don't want to ask you about current south african artists so i won't but this is more <laughs> in the regards to back then when you were starting out right mm-hmm. and you like had that fire of like i want to do this like were the, was there at least one South African artist that made you feel in any way that like, oh, I could do this or let it made it feel somewhat more accessible to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it was always inspiring to me that there were like these big bands and artists that came from South Africa. Like that is always like people always talk about Dave Matthews band or see the and like growing up, you're like, that's really fucking cool. You know, yeah. like it makes you feel like, OK, we're not that like off the map. And it's not. Um, what is Dave Matthews South African? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, sure. South African. Um, and so in high school, my band, The Problematics, was like gigging a lot. And we're named after the song Map of the Problematic by Muse. That's, my, that's, <laughs> my, that's like, up, if that, that's in my top three of Muse songs. Dude, it's so yeah. good. My favorite's uh, Butterfly and Hurricanes. That's another conversation. Ooh, that's a good one. The live version, dude. Oh my God. Um, So yeah, it was um, Problematics, and this was like close to the end of, you know, the Problematics music career because (laughs) I was leaving for music school and another member was like going to acting school, but we um, got asked to open for this band that we really love. They're now called ISO, but their name was Isochronous at the time, and it's like um, pop-ish, but like elements of like proggy rock and like I always really, really looked up to them and saw them at festivals and stuff growing up. So it's obviously like moments like that where you're on the same bill, where you're like, I feel like I'm, I'm a part of the conversation, like I'm doing this, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that like moments like that made me feel really excited about it. And then like, you know, had a friendship with those guys afterwards. And that's always so meaningful, like especially when you're younger and you think it's like unattainable. 
and then you're like in the scene all of a sudden you know it's like very encouraging that's fucking incredible so yeah that was a big one for me i'm still a huge fan of that band they're still kicking then yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know when lasse actually put out music but i couldn't tell you when but yeah yeah that's fucking beautiful um i feel like this is going to be such a, a silly question to ask you and it might not have any real way to answer it, but like, you know, let's attempt it. I think it'd be fun to attempt okay. it anyway. Because after having lived here in New York for a while and have to, after having toured so much as well, right? Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if you feel like you have an idea of what artists in South Africa do differently than artists, are, like in the States, for example. Like, we'll just condense it to the States. I would say the world, but I guess maybe compared to the States to make it easier. Do you feel like when you reflect on your time growing up in that way, and even seeing other South African artists that have, like, existed, is there a difference? Well, I mean, the first major difference is just because we're talking about, like, I left in 2009, you know? So, so long ago, at that point, it was so much about a sense of the gigging scene. And Cape Town is not a huge city, so there was, like, a handful of venues that you would get in with and play with. And then it's like, you had that sense of community. People knew your name. Um, like, I remember getting booked on shows and you didn't have to do like crazy amounts of promoting because there was like a built-in audience of just like, people know this venue and they know they're going to book cool stuff and they just show up. How beautiful is that? I know. It's, again, something I think back on. I'm like, I was so lucky, man. Like, we would just play and it, it would just be full of people and it would be so fun such a completely different time in my life you know and of course since then like I've been lucky to play with a lot of other artists and then play my own shows as well and there are wonderful nights where there's a sense of community and it's sold out but now the it's just so different just even with like social media and the internet and stuff you know it's like it's all a lot more spread out now and especially being in New York it's not like I feel like even like 10 years ago when I was starting out here you would get booked at a certain venue and there was that sense of like camaraderie and like a crowd being built in, but it's it's different now, you know, it's a lot of promoting. Um, And yeah, like I said, it's all like very spread out, but I guess as far as differences with South Africa, like gigging there and gigging here. And also like I was thinking from the lens, creatively speaking. Oh, creatively too. Well, I think because that's obviously a very broad thing, but, or do you feel like maybe there even isn't a difference? I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think back to when I was writing there. I think there was. I at least had more of a sense of community. Again, it's it's less to do almost with like the country and more like life circumstances because now I'm a solo artist and a composer, so it's a lot of time spent by myself. But no. back then, I just remember like playing in a lot of bands and co-writing with people all the time, and it was like just very like community based and. Lots more like outdoor time, you know, and like yeah. having fun and just like enjoying each other. But yeah, and I guess that that has to do with Cape Town as well, because, you know, just the landscape of things there. And in New York, it's it's different, you know, we're yeah. like each in our little filing cabinet apartments and then maybe go to like a little filing cabinet studio and our filing cabinet bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I like love in its own way. Yeah. But um, yeah, well, it's just different. I, maybe this will be very elementary of me to ask in this way, but I'm. I feel like I feel like the answer is yes, but I'd love to hear you explore it because I feel like I have noticed this amongst South Africans I've met in this city over the years. I feel like there is this almost innate openness that South African people have. When you refl- do you think that's true and do you feel like you've experienced that amongst like 
those collaborations that you've done with people in the past? I do think it's true. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> to say I don't is? have that with, you know, other friends from other countries. Um, I think it's the way that we grew up, you know, like everyone really is very friendly. And like there is, at least in Cape Town, a bit of like a beach town mentality. So it's just more yeah. chill. Um People are not as guarded, I feel like. But again, yeah. New York City is like such a specific place. Like yeah. it, you take on that demeanor living here, you know, because it's like insane to live here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, um, but I think New Yorkers are actually friendly and sweet in their own way. Yeah. You know, this is also a borderline aside, but I think yeah. you'd appreciate it because it cracks me up whenever I think about it. There's this comedian that I love, uh, Andrew Schultz. He's from here in New York. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, in one of his stand-ups, he was just, like, ranting about, like, what makes you... Like, what the unique qualities that New York has. And he was saying how, like, if you move here to New York to live here and you don't have a dream, you might be one of the craziest people on earth because it's such why? a hard, yeah, it's such a hard <laughs> place to live in. Exactly. It's like, it's you like, better have a dream keeping you here. That is exactly how it feels. So like, New Yorkers have their own, like, you know, amazingness about them. They're on a mission, which I appreciate. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Cape Town, I, th I think a lot, I don't know. It's a good question. Why are South Africans so open? At the same time, I think there are qualities <laughs> in South Africans that are, where we're very similar in that we can also be more like because of our openness and being really nice. I once like heard Trevor Noah do a whole bit on this, like yeah. before he was like, you know, big Trevor Noah guy, um, like in like a small stand up in South Africa. And he was saying how South Africans are like, we're very nice, but we're like we're very reserved a lot of the time or like very shy, yeah. which also was like something I had to kind of overcome living here. Um, but yeah, so I think there's that kind of quality as well of just like being very like accommodating and nice and chill. <laughs> I want you to do something that might be also difficult, but I think you also might enjoy. Can you paint me a picture of what it's like for you now? Like how it, both how it feels and also like what the day would be like, where if you were to get on a plane, go to South Africa now, what is that first day looking like for you? And what are the ways you're feeling once you get off that plane? Well, whenever I go home now, and by the way, I do want to do exactly that. I'm like, I want to just like, I don't know. I you really, want to go to JFK right now? I know. I really miss home. I like, I just went home in December and had such a good time. But yeah, so if I take the plane, it's like, you know, two long ass flights. And I, Where do you fly to first? Uh, there are different routes you can take, but I usually go through London and then end up in Cape Town. And it always gets in super early, like seven in the morning. And you're like tired and messed up because it's been like a whole day. But it's always like my mom will pick me up and then we'll like go see all my friends in Camps Bay and like have a breakfast together and like go to the beach and then like drive two hours to her place. She lives in like a small town. And there's just a lot more like taking in nature and relaxing and sitting around, you know, um, which I feel like I really need um, after being out here for almost 10 years now. Um, yeah, like last time I went home, I didn't even take a guitar with me. Like I didn't play any music. I just kind oh. of like did some sewing and I read a lot. And Was that the first time you'd done that? Like not played music mm, or anything? Maybe the second time. I think I was still doing some work the very first time when I didn't take a guitar. Like I still had my laptop and stuff and was like doing some session stuff. But this time it was like, I'm out. Like I'm not available. Yeah. yeah. It was the first like solidly, I'm not working. The way you described, like, um, 
taking in nature and being there, it kind of, you know, like when you go to places like uh, Paris or Amsterdam, a lot, like the cafes will sometimes have the chairs positioned uh, so out. of the street. Yeah. yeah. Is that kind of how it feels like? Yeah, absolutely. Story. And it's always like you want a seat where you're like, you can see the ocean. Yeah. And like every sunset we have sundowners. It's like a very normal thing in Cape Town. We're like, you Wait, have every sunset, you have a sundowner, we call it. And it's oh. usually a glass of champagne. Oh, you watch the sun. It's like really important. Like it's like, well, sunset isn't in half an hour. So you got to finish your thing. It's like an important thing in life. There. Why the fuck do we have that here? Because it's New York. Where people, <laughs> would be, people would think I'm nuts if I'm like, yeah, but you know, if that five, th- like, or what's sunset now? Seven fifteen, and be like, no, it's it's sunset. Sorry, I can't do that. I'm that having should, a sundown. I should bring it back. Yeah, you should. Or that I should be, bring it here. That should become a federal thing. If I ever become president, which will never happen, I will have you part of my cabinet, and this will be like one of the first things you'll install. We will mandate that there must be sundowners. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing, and like all the bars and restaurants are packed, and everyone's facing out at the looking at the ocean. And at my oh. mom's place, we just sit. She lives across the street from the beach. I mean, it's crazy in this little town. And we just sit and watch the sun go behind the sea, you know, and just drink well, champagne. I'm obviously not a therapist. I think anyone listening <laughs> or anyone who's met me for, like, longer than five minutes can discern that. But, like, can we take a sec to acknowledge how special it is to grow up with flower? Because that's, that's so know. beautiful. It's the stuff like that where you're like, oh, that's not, like, a normal life thing in other places, you know? Oh. So now I really appreciate that when I go home. I really take it in because I'm like... This is your time to relax, man. Like, just just do it, you know, because shit's going to get busy again as soon as I get back here. There's no sundowners happening in my basement apartment in Queens, you know? Oh, I really love that. I'm like, my mind is a little stuck on that. Yeah, that and like the cup of tea in the morning with the rusks. Like those staples in the day. I'm like, yeah. that's really beautiful. Have you heard of a recent-ish uh, South African artist? I think I'm, I might be butchering her name. I think her name is Shoma Josie or Majosi. I haven't heard of her. Yeah, she's gone viral via TikTok. And what's crazy is that like uh, the only reason I know of her, be, well, she was on Colors, the YouTube channel Colors. But the way I learned of her is that she opened up for a strome at the garden mm-hmm. and he talked about an interview where he saw her on TikTok. <laughs> but like, how mad is that? Like a South African artist who probably had nothing going on two, three years ago could play a place like that. That's so cool. Oh my gosh. I mean, as much as I complain about the internet and TikTok and stuff, it's like, obviously there are these beautiful sides to it as well, where it's like yeah. anyone anywhere in the world can just like have those opportunities available. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I, I feel really silly saying this, but like as a South African person, and obviously that she's not the first South African artist to play in Madison Square Garden, but for you as someone who grew up in South Africa, when you hear about someone like that playing an arena like that, does that make you feel anything like that? idea? Yeah, I think it's so cool. You know, like even when the Trevor Noah stuff was happening, I was like, all right, we on the map. Like, this is awesome, you know, because it, it did feel a little bit like South Africa feels so separate because it's so far away. It's not always on the map. Like even when people would announce world tours and stuff like American artists, they just wouldn't come to South Africa, you know. Yeah. So like when I hear about stuff like that now, it makes me feel like, South Africa is hopefully becoming more like integrated into the scene, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it should be like, cause it's like part of like why I wanted to talk to you and talk to all these other people is that when I was like thinking of the countries that I wanted to talk about and explore, it was really from this perspective of like 
what country, I mean, these aren't the only countries, but it's like, what are the countries I feel are people are doing something special, something unique? And it's like, fuck it, hell, man. Like, I've noticed this of talking to the guys in Honeymoon, and I'm going to be talking to Jean from St. Lucia soon, and I know we'll be talking about this. It, it feels like creatively, there's this understanding in South Africa that there isn't only one way to be as an artist, that it's kind of like both encouraged and celebrated to go to different avenues creatively. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does feel that way. I mean, of course, I haven't been home in the scene in a while, but whenever I do go home and I, I hang out with my musician friends, it's like, it is pretty different from how we do things here, you know? I really love the fact, by the way, because like, I have noticed this a little bit with the times we've gone back. I don't even think I've pointed this out to you, but I have noticed that like, there will be different like blogs or radio stations that will still kind of champion you as like a mm-hmm. South African that lives in New York. Yeah. I know that definitely was like a really cool part of the beginning of when I started my solo project here was like a lot of the press was focused on like there was like a Village Voice article that came out that was like about me being from South Africa and like how uh, tricky it was for me to obtain the kind of visa I have to be here and make music. Um, So like a lot of the beginnings of my career here was uh, people asking me about that aspect of it, you know. And it's actually, it's yeah, it's making me realize when I talk about it now how it did. I felt so like this sense of being separate from this country, especially for that reason. It was like, you're not allowed to be here unless, you know, this and this and this and you're doing big things. And I think now that it's been almost 10 years, I feel a lot more integrated. But yeah, yeah, it's like reminding me for a lot of people, it is extremely difficult to just like have those opportunities, you know. It's really crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's told... not like you can just show up and gig in a foreign country. Like it doesn't work that way. A lot of well, people don't realize that. Well I've talked I've learned about it from like some of the people I've talked to for this and some South African friends personally. Like I had no idea that South Africans, like as you know, of people, like that the visa thing was so difficult all across the board. Like Yeah, yeah. Like any any time like my friends are talking about wanting to take trips to places I'm like 90% of the time they're naming places where I would need a visa, you know, like my partner a few years ago was like, let's take a trip to Paris. And I was like, yes, that would be amazing. Cool. Let me get started on the visa process, you know, because sure. like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, I have to apply for a visa like months out, you know, um, in all of my touring, I'm pretty sure I've only been to two countries where I can just show up. And that was Turkey and Ireland. I didn't wow. need any visas. But for Americans, it's most of the places. That makes me smile in regards to Ireland. Uh, I Like, Ireland I'm, uh, is a second home to me. I love the people there. And I know a lot of little random fun facts. I remember reading about, like, how... I don't remember which president it was, but Ireland was one of the few countries, might have been the only, that outwardly spoke about apartheid from a governmental standpoint, mm-hmm. like, against it, where yeah. I think when they did that, both the UK and the US were kind of like... It's not really our place to say something. And Ireland was like, yo, this is fucked up. Ireland was just like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. God. It's interesting because this area of the talk we're at now is kind of something I did want to explore with you because we have talked about it in burst over the years and it's something that is very like understandable. But like to feel that sense of disconnection from home 
mm-hmm. where you also have this sense of being proud and happy that you're from such a place. Like, yeah. How, like, personally, how do you feel you've been doing with it? Because I remarked this about you. I have multiple times ago. I feel like, in a lot of ways, you're almost more of a New Yorker than me sometimes. <laughs> I know. It's definitely a confusing feeling. Um, I love that I'm from South Africa. And even in the most difficult times, like, with trying to you know, live in New York and make enough money and have a visa and like feeling that the odds are stacked against me at times, I still like have this really deep love for the fact that I'm from that country. Um, And I'm really proud of it. But I definitely do feel it's confusing to love a place so much and then feel that maybe you're not contributing to that country like you're not which is like something I've talked about a lot with my family and there is no uh straightforward answer here really um it's confusing to me especially you know because I grew up wanting to be a composer and I just kind of wanted to put myself in the best position I could and I just prioritized that and just decided to move to the states but then you get older and you're like wow I really miss home and what would it have been like if I was like contributing to that economy and I was like, you know, doing something, doing some good over there. And so I think the fact that it's been so long and I still have those thoughts tells me that that is like a mission in life that I want to fulfill at some point, whether it's like starting a record label or something in the broad sense of the word where like I can, you know, give funding and housing to South Africans to like make music in New York or something or train other composers or something, you know, like I would love to be a part of bridging that gap for musicians in South Africa. So then maybe not as many people would have to do what I felt like I kind of had to do, you know, it's like, okay, I want to be a film scorer. Well, not gonna can't live in Cape Town. This, keep in mind again, it's like 2008, 2009. Maybe it's not like that anymore. But yeah, um, it's a uh, it's like uh, the many layers to the feeling because I at the same time I'm super grateful that I live here and had all the opportunities, you know. So yeah, you know I know there's like a sense of bias. I'm about to say because I'm your friend, but I do genuinely feel this way outside of the context of it. Like I first I love what you said about like having that as a persistent thought of like contributing because it does speak to the element of like how naturally our priorities change in life. Mm-hmm. It's borderline, I feel like I'm going to say so. it's borderline childlike, but I do genuinely believe this, where the, it's like we've been saying, with South Africa being so disconnected from the wider world, the fact that you are both a creative person and a good person, oh, and <laughs> well, yeah, you are. Well, it's like the fact that you're both of those things and you live here in New York, and not just New York, like New York as a microcosm of the States, I think it also means a lot that when someone meets you, like an American specifically, or someone from other parts of the world that lives here, and they've never interacted with a South African person, you're indirectly an ambassador for your home. And that's like a heavy thing to even acknowledge or think about. But like, I think that in itself is a service just by you existing. Well, that's worth I love that. That's really nice to hear, actually. Um, and I have had moments where I feel like that is the case, because it's like, just because I'm not there physically maybe I am still contributing in some way, you know? Um, But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I do want other people to feel like those jobs or those goals are attainable, especially if you think about it, like I'm a female producer, which is still so weirdly a rarity. I don't understand it. Yeah, I've met very few. Um, 
and I'm not from this country, you know? So I like, I do want other people to feel like it is obtainable. <laughs> um, and I, I guess in a way, maybe I could help with that. I do help a lot of people with their O1 visas, especially other South Africans. So, you know, yeah. I try to like use my experience in some way to help other people, you know? Yeah. Life is short. You got to just go for what you want, you know? I'm like, yeah. Let's do it. It's very yeah. true. It's true. So, but before we end as well, like lastly, though, right? I wanted to, I mean, we have been talking about you, but I wanted to bring up something specifically pertaining to you individually outside of the context of South Africa and your home, as we've been talking about. Because I remember we were catching up a couple uh, weeks ago, just chatting about life. And you mentioned to me how you're in this interesting place where, like, you know that music's always going to be important, but like, you, you're kind of feeling as though like inspiration is kind of like waiting to rear its head or like that you don't necessarily feel like this pull to even pick up a guitar here and there. And I just wanted to know somewhat personally, like how are you feeling about crafting music now? Like, where do you think you are? I, inspiration is starting to rear its head again and it feels so amazing. And as you know, I went through a little bit of a dark night of the soul last year where I was like really not, yeah, not feeling super inspired to like pick up an instrument. Yeah. That being said, like my full-time job is writing music. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean more in the sense of like just doing it for fun and for me and for the sake of art. Um, and I will say while that experience was so difficult now, like I think it was like two days ago, I just like sat down and played piano and was writing just for fun. And it felt so amazing. Like, after you've had an experience like that, like a real low, and then you have inspiration come back, I'm like, man, I don't ever want to, like, take this feeling for granted again because now I know, like, it's not always there and you really can get, one can really get burnt out. So now I, like, have this even, like, deeper appreciation for when I do want to write. And I, like, really try and honor that and, like, put my phone away and like not make too many plans with people and because now i'm like this is really special to me this doesn't i don't always feel this way you know so starting to come back and i've been writing a lot of stuff and yeah at the same time i like you know have the new passion with doing all the fashion school stuff and another thing i learned from this you know dark night of the soul was like at first i thought i was like abandoning music because I was getting interested in something else but then I realized that having an interest in something else was weirdly like reigniting the other thing yeah because it was just like giving me some distance and like letting me loosen the grip a little bit on music it's like all right well if I don't feel like writing songs like I'll just sew something you know like it was like less pressure you know that's beautiful that you allowed yourself to like you know figure that out and also like something I really loved and I was curious if you'd be able to like as your friend i was curious if you'd be would would have been able to convey those thoughts from a perspective of feeling and i'm glad that you can because i think something that we do a lot as people especially living here is that like we find ourselves always talking about whether or not we could like see something ahead Mm -hmm. and not necessarily think about whether or not we could feel it and it's like i think what you basically described is that like you know there's like a path and a future ahead with music for you but from a place of feeling, which is a very big thing to acknowledge, you know? Yeah, I think especially with a lot of, you know, dreamers who live in New York, it's like we're always plotting and planning and we have these really big goals and things that we're always trying to achieve. And it's like I came back down to the basics of just like, do I feel 
like excited to pick up a guitar and like play some chords you know and like i think it's cool as an artist to be able to get back to those basics because that's really where it all starts and then you start going okay maybe i have an album's worth and maybe when the album's done then i'll tour and then all the other shit happens you know but it starts with just like giving a shit and having (laughs) having feelings about it you know yeah Yeah. uh fucking feelings eh? yeah feelings are hard but you know then you can make the art thank you yeah. I'm really glad I got to do this again. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for checking this out. Be sure to subscribe to The New Exchange via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you stream podcasts. Until next time, thank you for listening. Yeah.